Good morning, Greater Alton. How's everybody doing today? It is an exciting day to be here. I don't know if we've been saying it for a while. You heard this saying every now and then we'll say, seems like God's up to something. Seems like God's doing something here that we, we may not realize, we may not be able to identify, quantify, and then stuff goes on. Four baptisms in a week. Is that awesome? Can we get you four ladies to stand up, please? We got Dana in the back here. Where's Lisa? Lisa Foreman? Lisa's over here. I'm blanking Miss Bartholomew. Brittany. Brittany. And Karen. Forgive me, Brittany. Bethany was what was coming to my head. But you guys, you ladies can be seated. But guys, very exciting times. Um, to, to see this all going on and, and to see it happening, you know, uh, one baptism in a day is exciting, uh, three in a week, but three in a day. That was a pretty, pretty remarkable. And uh, guys, just a side note, again, we want to, just just to celebrate what God does, it's very cool. Dana was baptized yesterday, it was one of the four, and uh, about three and a half weeks ago, her sister, Samantha, was baptized, and we announced her and... You probably all, you've all heard she was, uh, had terminal cancer and, uh, we prayed for her to make it and she passed away about 10 days ago. And, uh, her prayer was to make it, she wanted to live to her birthday, which was February 17th, which was yesterday. And so Dana got to be baptized on her sister's birthday. And it was, guys, it was very exciting to be a part of. I've never been a part of a baptism quite like this. Uh, when, when Samantha was baptized, it was a, Thursday morning or Friday morning, I forget which, and we gathered right over here after it happened, and we were were talking and praying, and to see a woman who is facing death, look at her older sister, or younger sister, older sister, young, her sister, <laughs> can't ask a woman's age, and to say, you're my hero, you're stronger than you know, and to see the tears in their eyes. And to see them rejoicing because they're both making Jesus the center of their lives. Terribly exciting to be a part of. Couldn't have planned it if we, if we dared. And guys, I want to let you know, everybody that, I mean, I know not everybody could have had a, could have been involved with Samantha or touched her life. But it was very exciting the day before we baptized her, we were talking to her and my wife was sharing the gospel with her and she says, when you're baptized, you get to be a part of the church. And a woman, who's had a rough life and is facing down death, gets a smile on her face when she hears that. And to get to be a part of it, guys, very, 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 very exciting. And you guys are a part of that. And I want to let you know that. God is indeed moving. He is indeed answering the prayer to bring His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And we are a part of that each and every time we choose to live under the King's rule. That we choose to represent Him in whatever circumstances He brings to us. So guys, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Um, today, we have been speaking about, for the last, like, Tim and Mike have been speaking about, for the last five, four, four weeks, I guess, because this is number five, oh, this is number six. That means on my notes I failed to change the number, Tom. But the last five weeks, we've been talking about, as he says, the God of the towel, learning to serve like my master. All right? 
And we, we looked at, we've, we've looked at passages, several passages about that. Um, I know one of them that Tim mentioned early on is from John 13, where after Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, that's where we get this idea or this phrase, the God of the towel. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Elsewhere, he says, the greatest among you is the one who serves. And so this whole concept of serving and Jesus being our example in serving was central to his, his message. It's central. It was the central to his message to those would be followers of his. And as his followers, it should be something that we should be marked by, that we should be identified by as being servants and as serving and as wanting to give ourselves to that. Guys, you're looking in and we're going to be talking about, you see the note title of the lesson there. This is what you signed up for. I'm tempted to apologize for this topic, but we'll get to it. Here in Philippians chapter 2, this is what it said. It says, Christ was truly God, but He did not try to remain equal with God. Instead, He gave up everything and became a slave when He became like one of us. Guys, that term slave, and I chose that translation on purpose, because you look at what the Bible refers to as servants, servant and slave interchange. It means a servant is one, the slave is one who serves a master, who has a master, not just one who does serving type of things. Okay? But one who serves a master. And we have a master. And Jesus was our example of that, and he took that role when he came to earth. He was a servant of his father, a slave of his father. It goes on, and I just referenced this in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, it's very interesting that he should put these two together, that he should put together serving and giving his life as a ransom for many. You see, because we sometimes take a look at serving as, as certain activities we do. And he's saying, it's more than that. He goes, I give my life as a ransom for many. And, and literally, guys, when you look at that passage we just looked at in Philippians 2, he's saying my entire physical life was given as a ransom for many. He was not here to serve his own purpose. He was not here to fill, fulfill his own desires, his own dreams, his own purpose. He came for the purpose of serving God and giving His life as a ransom for us. And that was part of His service. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, this is what it says. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. That's not a verse I've seen put, 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 on a, put on a picture and put in anybody's house. Okay? It's not there. This isn't one of the feel-good, warm, fuzzy verses. But guys, what it's saying very plainly is we were called as servants to suffer. Now, I'm tempted to apologize to you for that. 
to say, I'm sorry, you have to hear this. I'm sorry, this is the way it is. You know, um, and guys, hopefully as we go on, you're going to see, I'm not going to apologize for that. God does not apologize for that. In fact, he tells us, dare I say, we need to be excited about it. Who's with me? Is that what you signed up for? Yes, it is. Okay, guys, when you decide up, you wanted to be a servant of Jesus and you wanted to follow him, when you wanted to represent him, you signed up to suffer. And we want to talk about this today, okay? See, Jesus was known as the suffering servant. See, when Jesus' life, suffering and serving were synonymous, right? They are synonymous. And guys, this is what we want to talk about today. What is this? Before we get into, before we get into the main part of the lesson, I want to talk about something very clear. In the Bible, there are three kinds of suffering. The first kind is the normal kind. Alright, this is, this is important. If anybody's around me much at all, you will know that I reference this and, and point people to this fact rather often with a simple phrase that I like to use and I say, that's thorns and thistles. You see, because if you go back to Genesis 3 in the garden when Adam and Eve first decided to break God's rules and decide what was good and evil on their own and they ate that fruit, God says, here's the punishment for that. And He basically says, life is going to be hard. And then you're going to die. Specifically, He tells Adam, He says, you're going to have, by the sweat of your brow, you will work the ground. Okay, you're going to have to go work for your food. You're going to be thrown out of this garden where all your food has been provided, and you will have to sweat, put forth labor in order to, to, to have food, have sustenance. Okay, I can sweat. That's no big deal. Oh, but here's the deal. You're going to work the ground, and it's going to produce thorns and thistles. And what he's saying literally is creation is going to fight you. It's going to resist you. All right? If you want to put it in Murphy's Law... Anything that can go wrong will. This is nor, this is part of life. And it, we should not be surprised at it. The farmer that goes out, and, or, or the, any of you that, that plants a garden, should not be surprised when weeds pop up. And in the same way, you should not be surprised when work is hard. When work doesn't go the way you want. We should not expect work and our labor and our existence in this life to be without sweat or to be without stress. That's a normal part of our existence. Okay? And for a man that struggles with depression, this was mind-blowing when it came to go, I shouldn't be upset about this. This is just what it is. I I gotta pull the thorns. And not only should I not have this expectation that I shouldn't have thorns. I should expect them. I should plan for them. And have a good attitude. You see, guys, if I'm surprised by the fact, I need to examine and modify my expectations. Uh, second thing, three kinds of suffering, and we'll be referencing these later, is, but the second kind is because I'm faithful. What? Haven't you heard those preachers out there that say that if you do things right, if you give the right amount of money, everything's going to go well? Have y'all heard that? You know, God will bless you. Well, we're going to talk about the blessings here in a minute. But look at this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19. 
It says, for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. See guys, the bottom line is that bad things are going to happen sometimes. We are going to have difficulties. We are going to have persecutions. We are going to have painful times, both physical and emotional. And it is a result of our faithfulness. That is what we can expect. Listen to this. Jesus is talking to His disciples, and I didn't write the reference down here, but this is what He says. He says, but before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name. See, guys, being faithful does not mean people are going to like you. Being faithful means there are going to be people who dislike you. Listen to this passage. And this one is in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In verse 12, this is Paul telling Timothy, he goes, in fact, fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Guys, faithfulness is going to bring that. I, it just blows me away. Now, we can get into talking another time about what is that persecution and what does that look like. You know, it doesn't always mean thrown in jail. It doesn't always mean your, your house is taken away. But he's saying anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now you tell me. You, 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 this is a side note. What if you look at your life and you can see no persecution? You decide. That may be a, an indicator of how godly or ungodly of a life you're really living. How much difficulty are you facing because of your faith? Third kind of difficulties we can face is because I'm unfaithful. Okay? Because I am unfaithful. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20, I think it's actually 2 and 20. Yes. It says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? Basically, don't brag about having a good attitude because you've endured the, the punishment for doing something wrong. Don't do it. First Peter 4 and 15, this is what it says. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or as a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. I wish I'd have looked that word up. What's translated meddler? Just... Seems kind of minor compared to, you know, murder or thieves or any kind of you know, criminal activity. Just a meddler. Just get, get in the middle of things. See guys, when you're, we, how many of our, how much drama in our life would go away if we align our words, thoughts, attitudes, actions with our king? Okay? And, and I think it's fair. You, we, if you're having a difficult time, you need to try to drop it into one of these three categories. You need to look at it. And guys, when we talk about suffering, we don't talk about it a lot. It's just basically difficulties. It's hard times. Hardships. 
Physical, painful times, both physical and emotional. Those can all be defined as suffering. So the question is, if we're called to suffer like Jesus, how do I suffer like Jesus? Number one, is I expect to suffer. Alrighty? You, you, you need to expect to have difficulties when it comes to follow Jesus. He said it. I don't know if I got it in my notes. But he said, in this life, you will have many troubles. Many troubles. Expect it. Look at this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I love this passage. I love that verse all by itself. Don't be surprised. You need to expect it. But he goes on and he says, But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Now guys, I want to, I want to tell you one little thing there right at the end where he says, how if you suffer as a Christian, Okay, we're used to the word Christian being used today rather frequently, rather openly, shall we say. This word Christian, as you read it here, was not given to Jesus' followers by themselves or by Jesus. It was given to them by those outside of Christianity. Okay, that's what it says in Acts 11. And what he's saying there... The best analogy, you can, you can pick, pick any racial slur or derogatory term, whether it's the N-word or any that describe Italians or the Polish. Okay? This word Christian and as a Jesus here is not as a term of endearment. He's saying if you suffer for being, for this derogatory name being used about you, that's what he's saying. Now guys, how many of you get up in the morning and go, okay, bring it on. <laughs> Who does that? Anybody? No, no. How many of you got up and go, I wonder what's going to happen today. Guys, we need... There was so much about this topic that I couldn't get it all in here. We read a book years ago, I believe it was by Dan Allender. It's talking about emotional healing uh, from abuses and hurts and things, and he uses the phrase, he uses two phrases, he says, to live is to hurt, and the other one he uses is, we need to normalize suffering. And guys, I, I can tell you, you want to, a big source of my depression in my younger days was, I thought life should be much easier. I thought because I followed Jesus, life should be much easier. And I had to learn the difficulties, hardships, and dare I say suffering is a part of the territory. That's number one. I should expect it. Number two, 
is I need to choose my attitude. I must choose my attitude. Guys, I want to reference that last passage up there. If you guys want to, you want to pull up the last passage, Drew, I'd appreciate it. Um, if you go through that passage, you begin in verse 13. This is what it says. He's talking about suffering. And don't be surprised at it. And he goes, but what's he say? He says, but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the Spirit of the glory of God rests on you. Did you catch that? Is that amazing? If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are in a good place. You are blessed for the Spirit and glory of God rests on you. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, what He is saying is you are receiving affirmation that the glory of God rests upon you. Is that awesome? Is that incredible? Who gets up and says, God, give me some affirmation that way today? Guys, but it's, a, it's a really the truth. It's a matter of fixing your attitude before these things happen. Of realizing that, look, I can just, I don't have to be triggered by hard times. I don't have to be triggered towards depression, discouragement, anger. I don't have to be. I can be triggered to rejoice and to be overjoyed. He goes on in, uh, in verse 16, he says, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Guys, that, 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 is, that, is, that is so challenging. To be able to look and say, I, I, I say it, I've, I've referenced it so many times, I don't encourage you to watch the movie, but, but that famous line from, 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 from Animal House, Thank you, sir, may I please have another. You know, that is, that is literally where it should be. It's like when we have ch- suffering and difficulties, it would be. And I've prayed this, guys. Thank you, God, for considering me worthy. Thank you, God, for entrusting to me this challenge. For you consider me faithful enough to come through it. Guys, choose our attitude. And this is what Hebrews 12 two tells us to do. It says we must never stop looking to Jesus. He is the leader of our faith, and He is the one who makes our faith complete. He suffered death on a cross, but He accepted the shame of the cross as if it were nothing because of the joy He could see waiting for Him. And He is now sitting at the right side of God's throne. You see that, guys? He could see the joy waiting for him. He had chose his attitude before he got arrested. Before the difficult times came. He was focused on the right thing. I almost entitled this point, i got to choose my focus. i got to have the same focus as Jesus. And there's more going on here than me going through a difficult time. There's more going on here than me experiencing something I don't like. I got a video I want to play. 
don't know if you've heard of John Christ. He's a Christian comedian. Let's hear him. Christians are weird, aren't we? We're weird. <laughs> you ever had someone ask you to pray for something so stupid? You're just like, I ain't praying for that. <laughs> yeah, some things you cannot pray for. My buddy's like, dude, can you pray for me? I was like, yeah, absolutely. What's going on? He goes, I got a drug test tomorrow. I need to pass it. I go, mm. nah, I'm not praying for that. I'm not, I'm not praying. Some things you cannot pray for. Remember my nephew, Malachi? Remember him? Mm-mm-mm. Remember that kid? My sister put in the family group text, she goes, pray for Malachi, he's having a tough day. And everybody in the group text is like, praying for Mali, we love him, supportive, praying hands, lifting him up. All I said was, I go, what's going on? And she texted me directly, you know how they backdoor text you? Yeah, yeah. She came around back, she goes, what do you mean? I go, what happened? She goes, he has tendonitis in his thumbs from holding the iPad. I go, I'm not praying for that, dude. putting that up to the God of the universe with my name on it. Just widows, orphans, missionaries. Mally wants to watch Paw Patrol. No. Some of the stuff y'all sending up, it's disrespectful. There was a hurricane, there was a, a tornado in Nashville, came through Nashville, and there was like all this destruction, all these, and then people were like, praise report, my house was missed. Praise report that our house was, what do you think, God's up there with a joystick? Like, the Jacksons, did they pray for hedge protection? No, let's get out! Ah, like he's a claw at the fair. They pray, I know, I'm sorry. You see it, just start paying attention. They pray before NASCAR races. You know that they pray. What? What's the prayer? Jesus. We have engineered these cars to go 250 miles per hour. We will race them for six hours, three inches from each other. We just pray that you would help us not to die. God's like, yeah, just don't race. Did I? <laughs> Amen. Start your engines. Ah! I was watching an MMA fight, and the guy said, I just want to thank God for helping me win this fight. I go, what, 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 <laughs> what did you pray, sir? Jesus, I, I know everyone is created in your image, but uh, tonight in front of 60,000 people, I'm attempting to kill a man. If you allow me to make, <laughs> make him unconscious, I will tell Joe Rogan I thanked you. Like, I see all kinds of stuff. You're going to start seeing it. Some of the, I ain't praying for that. You're going to start seeing it. There was a group of like Christian hikers. There was like this thing on Facebook. It was like these bunch of Christian hikers. Which, what is a Christian hiker? Like it's just, there's a, a hiker is not non-Christian. We don't need a Christian version of it. It's like, <laughs> light into my path, hiking, whatever. Like there was like 12 guys that decided, of course it was 12. The design, like, oh. These 12 guys decided, this is true, decided to climb Mount Everest. Okay, they got to the Christian hikers, they got to the top, and everybody's like, it's a miracle. And then there was a storm, and they couldn't get down, and it was going around Facebook, pray for the hikers, pray for the hikers, pray for the hikers. I just put a thumbs down, I go, no. <laughs> imagine God, like, what, imagine God getting those prayer requests. Again, he's up there, widows, orphans, missionaries, disease, war. He goes, what? <laughs> Paul, what is it? <laughs> Where are they? I don't even want y'all up there. <laughs> you should have prayed for wisdom when you were back at the house, dude. All righty.
guys, it's just the truth. I mean, he, comedians can say, or they do say, what a lot of us think sometimes, don't they? And we love it. And uh, there's a lot, side note, there's a lot of good good Christian comedians out there. Okay? They don't have to all be the the sex and the cursing and everything. Um, but guys, let me ask you, why did I play that? Why did I play that? He didn't talk about suffering really at all on that, except for Malachi's thumbs. Um, what do you pray for when you're suffering? Or when somebody close to you you know is suffering? What, what, what is your prayer? Because I'm going to guess, and, and I've been there, I've done this. My, my, my first prayer is, let me paraphrase, get me out! Get me out of this! God, end the suffering, end the difficulties. You know, it evolves from there to say what? Give somebody strength. Give me strength to make it through. And the next level is what we just read about. To rejoice. What about this? Either in your life or in somebody else's life. Let's, 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 let's pray, for, pray for other people. That's easier, isn't it? Somebody's suffering. Somebody's close to you is going through difficult times. These are just some things I thought of we may want to pray for. Open God, open their eyes to see what you are trying to do in their life. Father, give them strength to endure and to bring glory to you. Guys, we talk about the cross and we hold it up. Jesus never asked for people to say, get that cross out of the way. I mean, he did ask God for another way. <laughs> Let's be real. He showed his humanity. But he had to go through it. How many things do we fail to bring glory to God for because we don't endure through it? We don't have the strength to. What about this? When you pray, say, thank you for considering me faithful enough to entrust me with this trial. Have you ever done that? You see, because that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 10. We don't usually focus on this, but in 1 Corinthians 10, it says that he'll provide a way out, a way through it. Okay? And when he puts you in a difficult circumstances, when he, he's allowing you to be tempted, he believes you can get through it. He is showing faith in you by allowing the difficult circumstances. He's entrusting you to glorify Him by making it through the suffering and considering it joy. Amen? I'm going to read this to you. This is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Guys, that's the attitude. That's the approach that we should choose. 
if we're going to suffer like Jesus. The third thing is that I desire to encourage. Okay, guys, this is something we, we used to talk about a lot. I don't know how much y'all talk about it anymore, about having a desire to encourage somebody. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer up to you one of the most incredible ways, most powerful ways for you to encourage someone else is how you deal with suffering. It's how you do it. Guys, some of the most incredible compliments I've gotten in my life are from people who looked and said, wow, at the way you handled something. Encouragement is there. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, so we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. This is what it says. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everyone, I'm sorry, everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. He's in jail for believing in Jesus and preaching about Jesus. When he says everything that's happened to me, that's what he's referencing. He says, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And check this out. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Did you catch that? Paul is suffering well in prison. Suffering unjustly. And he says there's good things happening. And he says on top of it all, the other believers, most of the believers have gained confidence and speak boldly God's message without fear. Why? Because of the way Paul preaches? Because of what Paul endured. Because of the way Paul preaches while he's suffering. Because of the circumstances that Paul is displaying his faith in. You see guys, if we avoid circumstances, avoid suffering, get away from it, get out of it, nobody here is going to know how to deal with it. Nobody here is going to know how to deal with it. Last passage on this point in Revelation chapter 1 says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He's isolated alone on an island because of his faith. And what does he say? You folks are sharing in the suffering. You are sharing in the patient endurance. You are sharing in being a representative of the king. See guys, enduring is encouraging. It encourages somebody else. And guys, we need to desire to encourage one another and not just with our words.
We need to be, have a desire to encourage somebody else through their difficulties by willing to, to, to be faithful in our, our suffering. And guys, the truth of the matter is being encouraging is encouraging. Okay? It reminds us that we're all still on the same path. That I, I'm not in this together. That there's somebody else, perhaps many people, who are all traveling the same path and are, they're staying faithful to Jesus as well. In the midst of difficulties, suffering, persecution, hardships. Fourth thing I do if I'm going to suffer like Jesus and serve like Jesus, I plan to endure, not escape. I plan to endure it. See, guys, that, that, that one's probably for me, that, that point right there. Because, you know, I've often said, you know, I, I've, I've never been to a 12-step program where I was a participant. Um, but if I was there and had to, you know, identify myself, you know how they say I'm Gary and I'm an alcoholic? Well, I'm not an alcoholic. Or I'm a gambling addict. I'm not a gambling addict. Or I'm a uh, drug addict. I'm not a drug addict. If I went there and say, what am I addicted to that has controlled my life? I would say, I'm Gary, and I'm a runner. And I don't mean physically exercise. You all know better than that. (laughs) I run from difficulties. I look for a way out. I quit. I'm a quitter. Okay? That was the source of my depression when I finally couldn't find a way out. I couldn't find a way to quit. I had to keep going. My circumstances were changed, so I needed to say I would. I plan to endure. Look at this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. Guys, I want to, I want to encourage you. I wasn't real thorough on this, okay? But as I was researching and preparing for this, I was blown away by how many references in the New Testament, what they call, what they call the epistles, that's all the books from Romans on, how much they reference suffering. And almost every time, in the passage, they reference suffering and endurance, perseverance, the need to make it through it. You see, guys, one of the things we've got to learn is we can't just survive difficult times. We need to thrive in difficult times. We need to grow. 
We need to choose to the Willison. It's commendable before. We, do you want to be commendable before God? That's what it's saying there. Do you want to be commendable before God? That means you got to stick it out. I'm going to say it with a smile in your heart. I said in your heart because it's hard to put it on your face sometimes. At least when you're alone for a moment. You know, I don't know if Jesus was smiling in his heart on the cross or not. Okay? If he was looking going, yeah, wait, wait three days from now, boys. Those Roman guards, hey, you're going to be, you're looking at one of the guards and going, you're going to be at the tomb. Wait. <laughs> Write it down. Tell everybody. I don't know. But guys, we have a choice. He endured the cross. Well, I endure whatever difficulties we come, we come through. Guys, I'm going to read these last three passages in Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. They say it's written to a group of Christians who was tempted to give up their faith. Let's read them. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured a great conflict full of suffering. Why does he tell them to remember that time when they endured? Because they need to keep enduring. He goes on. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12 and verse 7, it says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as His children for what children are not disciplined by their father. Guys, I find this lesson very exciting. I hope you do too. I hope you choose to. You can look at your life, you can look at the rest of your life and say, I don't care how hard it gets, I want to glorify God. I don't care how hard it gets, I don't care what I face, I want to be, have my life be an encouragement to others behind me, others around me, to endure and to be faithful to Jesus till the end. I don't know where you're at, guys, but I pray that you can look at this list and, and you see something. You go, know, yeah, I, I need to choose that attitude of Jesus. I need to choose to see things differently. I need to expect difficulties instead of trying to avoid them. I need to welcome them head on. I need a plan to stay with it. Guys, I don't know where you're at. We've got some prayer cards in our, in, our, in our bulletins. We invite you, if you have a special prayer request, something you would like to invite others into your, into your walk with Jesus about. Maybe you're in a time where you're saying, look, uh, it's hard, and yeah, what he had to say is challenging. And I need some prayers that I can be where he wants me to be. Guys, we invite you to do that. Fill out those as, as we sing. And we'll be done for the day. Let's, let's pray. Father, so thankful that you've given us messages like this in your word. Father, it is all through those epistles where you tell us to endure, where you tell us to be appreciative of difficult times, when you tell us to be like Jesus, when you remind us that that's what we're doing. We're just not saved so we can feel good. 
We're not just saved so that we can uh, have eternity in, in bliss, in what we refer to as heaven. Father, we're saved to be your representatives. And Father, you serve us by creating this world and by giving us a life and by sending Jesus and never giving up on your creation. Father, I pray that we can choose to be like you. Father, I cannot imagine the difficulty, the emotions that you must have at looking at your creation who has rebelled against you. Father, I know that because I'm a father and my children rarely do everything the way I think they should. And I recognize that what I think is a lot of times wrong. Father, you're perfect. And you look down on creation and you see every one of us and you see us struggle with going your way. Father, I thank you that you have served us and that you deal with the pain and that Jesus dealt with the pain. Father, help us to be like you in this world. And it's in Jesus that we pray. Amen. Oh, Lord, please change my heart. Show me where to start. I want to be all you want me to be. So, Lord, please change my heart. Show me where to start. Oh, Lord, please make me I want to be all you want me to be, so Lord, please make me new. I want to be like you. You are Lord, you are God, you are my closest friend, and I want Show me where to start.
I want to be, all you want me to be, and I want to see just what you'll do with me, so Lord, please change my heart, show me where to start, Lord, please change my heart.